Welcome to Rough Drafts, How God Writes His Love in Our Stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell, and in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They are just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Good morning, sunshines. We're back. It's another fun episode. Uh, today we have a conversation with a hockey mom, um, an educator, a wrangler of a Joey. That probably <laughs> That's true. It down a bit, but we do have more than one Joey that could be wrangled. Today I am joined by Sierra Wake. Sierra. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> and I'm probably going to giggle a lot. That's what I do when I'm nervous is I giggle. That's and sometimes I giggle at, at inappropriate things <laughs> or inappropriate times because when I get nervous, I giggle. <laughs> I would never laugh at inappropriate <laughs> things at inappropriate times. <laughs> you remember so. the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yes. You remember the baptism? Yes. The There's a line about I'll be a Delmar got saved. <laughs> I want you to know that I've baptized a lot of people, and I'm not sure that I've ever not thought that in my internal monologue <laughs> with somebody who's baptized. So, you know, you're not the only one who thinks weird things okay. weird times. Good. My job was nice while I had it. Well, what's your God story? <laughs> um, So, I grew up in Dixon County. So, I, I grew up in Charlotte, lived here my entire life. Um. Always went to church. Um, my mom actually moved us to Midway Church Christ when I was younger because they had a bigger youth group, and With she felt Thunder like, Bill. yes. And so, so I've known Brittany for a really long time. <laughs> we grew up together um, at Midway up until the time I went to college, and then when I went to college, it, you know, I went to Lipscomb. Um, but before that, so my mom always had us in church. We were there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Um, I was baptized after Winterfest, which is coming up apparently. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Um, when I was in the sixth grade, that was right before my parents' divorce. So that was probably the first life-changing event. <clears throat> in life. Um, my parents had been married for 20 years and my dad said, nope, no more. Peace out. So have not seen him in a really long time. I know that he lives in Maryland because oh. when I was younger, he would send a birthday card or a Christmas card every year. Um, he re-entered about when I was graduating high school, came to graduation. That was it. <laughs> so as a uh, for a really long time, thought it was my fault. Um, and so that was hard growing up and searching for something that was missing. Like I said, my mom always had us in church. I was, she always read her Bible. She always like, she had the best intentions <laughs> was going to be a doctor one day. I was going to be a doctor one day. Yeah. I'm a teacher. Uh, <laughs> It is pretty so, much the same. You just don't have to deal with insurance. Exactly. So I, for a really long time, I wanted to be a pediatrician. So pediatrician, teacher. I mean, kids have kind of always been um, 
my focus. I can't imagine so, years I would like less. I, oh, there you go. <laughs> it's not for everybody. I will say that for sure. I'd rather be um, a vet because at least you can put down the patients, you know? Yes, definitely. <laughs> upon, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but as a kid, like I struggled with, uh, because of the divorce, like I struggled a lot with self-worth and, you know, searching for something that was was missing. Definitely found tried to search in the wrong places um, growing up. Um, and even still today, that's still um, is part of my story and I've come full circle. Um, but yeah, so that was the first experience in life that was hard and hard growing up. But like I said, my mom is a rock, a rock star. She's amazing. She did everything for me as a kid. Um, she remarried when I was in ninth grade okay. um, to my stepdad, Wayne. Okay. And he's fabulous. And I'm, I'm his, you know what I mean? Like you would have thought if you, if you didn't know, <laughs> and most people don't know that, you would never know that he was, he hasn't been my dad my entire yeah, life. I, I didn't so. realize they weren't together. So, so That's yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, he's he's been there since the ninth grade. And like I said, he took me in as his own daughter. Um, it's never been any different. So, um, let's see. I say um a lot. That's okay. We don't charge <laughs> for um. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> you might want to. Well. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I actually started at Lipscomb as a pre med major. Found out real quick that that wasn't where life was going to go. <laughs> After actually, it wasn't chemistry. Oh. I loved the sciences. Your what? wife would love this. Like I loved science. My favorite course that I took was parasitology, oh, wow. which is the study of parasites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew? Um, aced that course. It was a summer course. We spent most of the time in a lab. It was great. So great. Um, but yeah, no, it was math. Really? Yeah. Once I got to advanced math, I was done. <laughs> Lesson was a math major for a little while, and then she wasn't. Yeah, math that advanced math is is hard. The chemistry more, wasn't chemistry and stuff. That was fun. When there's more letters <clears> and numbers, <throat> you know, that's when math has really gone off the rails. I mean, I've always said I'm not a math person. Don't like hire me as a fifth grade math teacher because they gonna fail. Oh, surely you could do fifth grade math. <laughs> um, it's fourth grade math is a struggle. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little concerned because Katie's mental math is already faster than mine. <laughs> So 37 um, divided by two. I, I don't know. Last year with Isaac being in sixth grade and sixth grade math, I Googled a lot of things mm -hmm. trying to figure out how do I help him? Because well, I don't know how. They've renamed stuff since we went. Yes. And they've done it differently. And we've learned different rules. And I just used the internet to do it all. So. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about Levi at this point. Like, mm, he's always going to be able to use a calculator. So. <laughs> you remember when our teacher's like, you won't have a calculator with you all the time. Now you do. <laughs> and they also said you couldn't make money playing video games. But evidently, but evidently you can. <laughs> the world has changed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Whoever. I can't say her name on your listen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I feel like Lipscomb was my first chance to find my own faith, yeah. if that makes sense. And I know people say that all the time, <clears throat> but is I mean, well, mom, the time because it happens. It happens. Well, I mean, uh, we I always went to church. I mean, when we were able and everything. And so, um, but Lipscomb was my first chance, my first chance of independence because my mom was a very strict person. Like I didn't go to parties. I didn't like. Um, 
in high school, I had a certain group of friends and those were the friends that I hung out with. And, you know, some of them like Wes and Josh and Eric. And oh, um, <laughs> so I had my, my my certain few that, you know, I hung out with. I was an overachiever in high school. I did everything. I was involved in everything. So um, college was my first taste of independence. And there were some good things that came out of that. There were some bad things to come out of that. Not perfect by any means. Um, but I feel like college was my first chance of finding myself. And um, with that came my very first mission trip. Oh, cool. So you <laughs> you talk about Honduras all the time and it's like, okay, maybe. Um, but that was definitely a life-changing experience as well. It was a first um, moment of, oh, okay, life is not what I thought it was, if that makes sense in any way possible. Where'd you go? So I went to India. Oh, cool. Wow. <clears throat> I had never been out of the country before. I had traveled a lot. I was in Hosa in high school and college, traveled all over the United States. It was the first time I'd ever been out of the country. And India is really out of the country. It's really out of the country. It takes forever to get there. Yes. Several plane rides. Um <laughs> Quite a few hours. Their day is our night, if I remember correctly, because yeah. when I came back, I was super jet lagged and mm -hmm. like <laughs> for for weeks. It is so hard. Um. So the story about that goes, <clears throat> we had a, there were only six of us that went and like my whole thing the entire time, if I can raise the money, it's meant for me to go. If I can raise the money, it's meant for me to go. Well, when I sent out my letters, my money came in. Okay. I can do this. Um, there were six of us that went. <clears throat> there was a team leader at Lipscomb. Um, and she was actually from India. And her brother actually lived there. Um, her parents lived in Georgia. They were doctors. And so we ended up having to move our trip up by like two weeks mm -hmm. um, because he wanted us to come early so that we could go to another VBS, that we would have more time there. We would oh, cool. go to several different VBSs, which is the coolest thing ever. And I know you've experienced this probably being in Honduras, and the kids there are incredible. Yeah, The people there are incredible. So we spent the first um, several days doing, like, the touristy thing, and we flew into um, New Delhi, and got to see the Taj Mahal and Agra Fort. And New Delhi was very, very crowded. Yeah. Very, very crowded. Like, <clears throat> people, you didn't give anybody money. You didn't. We had to say that we were tourists. We weren't allowed to say that we, you know, were there evangelizing. Yeah. And so, um, and you literally would have people in tents and complete poverty. Yeah. But then you have... You know, the Taj Mahal, yeah. which is pristine. And like um, we saw Gandhi's tomb and it's like a garden that's like beautiful. But then you have people in the streets living in tents and yeah, it's very it's the contrasts are super weird. Yes, exactly. So we spent a few days there. And then after that, we traveled to Kerala, which is in southern India. Um, And it's more of your jungle atmosphere okay. <laughs> um the like houses are far apart from each other there's not as many people um the church that we went to the vbs was on the hill so we would have to trek up this hill to the church there were probably like 200 plus kids 
that we got to go in and sing with and do lessons with um, and that kind of thing. And there was a family there that we stayed in their home with them, which was really cool. Um, Our first night there, there was a spider as big as my head on the wall. Um, (laughs) So they, the, the, the guys took care of that as we were like standing on bed, screaming our lungs out. I had this irrational fear that a monkey was going to like swing through the window. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Those places with monkeys, they'll, they'll do weird stuff. It's possible. It's possible. So um, we were having a really great experience. Um, And so Tina's brother, like I said, was our contact on the ground. And um, about a week in, he got sick. And in India, I mean, in foreign country, the hospitals are not the greatest. So they took him to one hospital and there was no doctor. So they had to drive an hour away. And um, he actually passed away while we were there. Wow. That's a moment. Um, So that was my first experience. I had never been through a death of anybody close. And somebody going from being there one second and not being there next. And you're in a foreign country. We don't speak the language. Um, Our two interpreters are now not with us. So it took a lot of faith that they were going to get us wherever we needed to go because we had to like literally like just okay we're going to move you now and get all your stuff and we're going to this place which we thought was a hospital which was actually a morgue um when you see the patients yes and so like i said and there's a bond that that group has that you know what i mean you just kind of you only know, you know, as each other. Well, so what and the whole purpose is of them moving us was to go back. Like we were meeting up with her, with yeah. with our team leader from um, the U.S. And then we were going to drive to another person's house and stay until her parents could come to India. So her parents had to fly to India and help us get back home. So, and in the midst of this, like, you know, we're praying, we're crying, we're upset. There was a verse that one of our team members um, read that was like the verse about the eye in the storm. And so, um, which was very ironic. Like she literally opened her Bible, not ironic, it's probably a God thing. I don't know, ironic is probably not the best word. She opened up her Bible and pointed to a verse and that was the verse that she read. And so... That year, Lipscomb had put into a place like a crisis team oh, wow. back at Lipscomb, which was the first time it had ever existed. <laughs> and that crisis team was responsible for helping get us, like if kids go on a mission trip, an emergency happens, whatever. It's their job to help get you back. Get you back. And so well, um, they start with an easy <clears throat> one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and so. It took a long time. Um, they did get us back. My poor mother, bless her heart. <laughs> I can only imagine getting that phone call. Yeah. Miss um, Baker, this is <laughs> this is Lipscomb University. And I can only imagine as a mama now, like I have anxiety of, with me going out of the state, more or less my kid going out of country. Um, <laughs> and so, but they did. They were able... Um, we didn't we didn't stay for 
a funeral or anything like that. We ended up just coming back. And when we got back to the States, we were flown back. A couple of us were flown back to New York. Other people went different directions. Um, But it took me a really long time to process. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand why. Questioned. Yeah. Why would you take somebody that's so faithful to you and is making such a difference? Um, Why him? And so um, there's still still today, there's certain songs that we sang that are a trigger, (laughs) I guess you could say, that um, I don't think it's something that ever goes away. Like I said, I was extremely jet lagged. I slept for days and just cried and even when I went to church, if they sang certain songs, I would just boohoo and kind of started all back. It, it would start it all back because I just didn't understand why. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we were there before we were supposed to be. So the day that we came back was originally the day that we were supposed to leave and go there. Okay. So I felt like there was there was definitely a higher higher being and higher purpose for us being there. And that was the reason that we, she got to spend the last week with her brother. And so if we wouldn't have been there, then we may have not even had the chance to go in the first place. And so, and it gave us a chance that we got to meet those people and we got to be with those people. And if we would have waited, they would have never had that opportunity either. So... Well, that's intense. So that's the reason, like, when you ask about mission mission trips, I'm like, maybe. <laughs> so let's do it. It was it, it was it was it was it was a lot for for a first a first mission trip. I'd say, I but mean, thankful, absolutely thankful for the experience, and it, it changed me definitely as a person. Um, and so, it's just something good I think about having those experiences when you're. You know, when you're surrounded by your your college buddies and peers and, you know, people need those experiences. They need to see what poverty looks mm-hmm. like. They need to understand that the world is a complicated place. Some of the things they think they think they don't actually think when they, you know, it's just. Um, but it, there's a like there's an orphanage now there um, that his sister opened in his honor and she's a she actually went on through her medical program and became a doctor and does work there um she has a family now and she actually just had a son and named him after her brother and so but like he did a lot of good work and we were able to do good work because he was willing to bring us over and to help out too so that's really cool i mean it's not the it's not the glossy brochure version of how you'd want to advertise a mission trip, you know. Hey, come here. Sorry, <laughs> Matthew. No, 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 no. no, but it's it's real. It's, it's like, real. You know, like is exactly. Really truth, don't. We don't ever know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mean, you know, we we think that life is predictable and controllable and stable and safe. And if life teaches you anything, it's that it's not. Right. No, I agree. As and say, we've had. Um, We've had lots of those in our life over the years since Joe and I have been together. Um, so I've known Joey since high school. Okay. Apparently my best friend hated me. Uh, <laughs> Explain. <laughs> so did he, she, she did, she did. So she actually was dating Joey, broke up with him and then set me up with him. So I don't know if that makes me a bad friend or her bad friend. I'm not yeah, sure which, which one. <laughs> um, and so 
Um, but he would he were he was we were actually together when I went to India and we would mail letters. <laughs> he has a letter from me. I have a letter from him. You know, so. But is that in the airmail days? Where you have yes, weird, you actually uh, like have to write the letters the and like a postcard. He has yeah. a postcard that I sent him. I don't think he sent anything back because that would have been weird. But, mm. um, but yeah, so we've known each other since the ninth grade. And it's like a boomerang. We just can't get rid of each other. <laughs> so I started at Dixon my ninth grade year, okay. and then they built Creekwood. Okay. And so, um, and then 10th, 11th, 12th, I was at Creekwood, and he was at Dixon, and he's a year older than I am. So, so. It's a romance across the county. Then. Across the county. Oh, no, he had his spies that would, like, watch me like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how you knew he was destined to be attacked. Right. You know what? You're right. You're exactly exactly right. So, um, but it's like, a, like I said, it's like a boomerang. We just can't get rid of each other. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you try. But... <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. So um, y'all started dating in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. And we've broken up and gotten back together and broken up and gotten back together. Like I said, it was a boomerang effect. Every cat in college, when I would come in, it never failed. I would run into him, yeah. like Walmart or the gas station or something. And Dixon's a small town. <clears throat> it should be quite that small. Like how, Walmart, seriously. I'm, no joke. Him and his brother in Walmart. So, so yeah. And then he proposed um, – before he proposed, so, and I'll let him tell his story because I know he's wanting to do this, but he had a collapsed lung um, before we ever got married. This is the Staples story. This is the Staples story. Um, and so, but he proposed my last year at the first four years at Lipscomb. So I was at Lipscomb for four years and then I was at Lipscomb for two more years after that getting my degree, my master's for education. So we got married in 2009. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Don't ask me um, we had Isaac. We got pregnant with Isaac a year after getting married. Okay. Um, and so if you talk to my mother, she wouldn't talk to me. She was like, y'all are too young and it's too fast. I'm like, I've known him like half my life. So, um, but yeah, so we had Isaac a year in our marriage. Um, I got pregnant like right before, I think it was our anniversary, right after our anniversary. So we had been married almost exactly a year when I found out about Isaac. Okay. And so, um, and you know, kids change things and- life changes and at the time I was working at UCA okay. and um you say the little uh, Christian school in town. yes so at that point I had my master's <clears throat> um but couldn't get hired in the county for because of transitional licensing licenses and so I went and found a job at UCA and got a Visitor one morning, Joey had worked at the time was working two, three jobs, like trying to make ends meet and um, had a visitor one morning. I was a police officer that showed up at our at my classroom door and said, your husband and son have been in a wreck. I need you to come with me. Mm. And so um, and at that time we were going we had just started going to church at um, United, which is the the church that UCA is attached to. And um, 
That was a scary moment. So instead of actually taking me to the hospital, they took me to the scene of the wreck at the time. Joey was already a police officer at this point. Like, I think he was, I don't remember if he was doing patrol or if he was working in the jail. Um, and so instead of taking me to the hospital, they just take me to the scene of the, in the crash. So like, that is different. Um, and when we pulled up, all I could see was his truck and... Our infant at the time was in the back of that truck, and thankfully, God had his hand of protection on both of them. Um, I'll let him tell the rest of that story because that's his story to tell. But um, it was a very scary moment and very, like, realistic, like, how life can change in an instant. And I feel like we've had so many of those moments over the years of our marriage about how things can just change in this, you know, in a snap. Um, thankfully, Isaac was asleep and only had a few like cuts on his face, but the windshield behind him had shattered. So thankfully, he was asleep um, at the time because if he would have been wa- woke, uh, awake, then, it, you know, it could have been more yeah. serious. Um, thankful for car seats, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Um, and so that that brought us together. It brought us together with a church family that we, you know, had started going to and we had some really good friends um, that kept us accountable for a really long time. I think I think something that I've learned over the years is that you have to have people. Yeah. I can be an introvert, which most people find kind of odd. Um, most people think I'm an extrovert and yeah. I'm really actually an introvert kind of don't like people sometimes <laughs> um i could easily stay home all the time and yeah. that would be just fine with me people think just um, you're talkative that you're an extrovert and mm-hmm. uh, that's how i am too i like i need my my happy place would be a chair by a creek in the mountains without people like reading a book by a fire mm-hmm. those are all my happy places yep uh, people are a lot of work they are they really are um, so we had some friends that definitely helped us, um, stay on track, Yeah, I guess is what you would say. Like they were the ones, like if we weren't at church, they were messaging, are you okay? Are you yeah. alive? Yeah. Like, why aren't you, at ch-? not necessarily why are you not at church, but like. We miss you everything okay? Yes, exactly. Um, we had that for a really long time up until after Zoe was born. Um, and then things fell apart at that church because of some hurt feelings and some drama. And so we kind of fell, they left, we left. Right. And so we kind of started then at that point, we were going to another church and we just never, just never fit. Yeah. Like it wasn't. A pl- it, it wasn't like where we were before. And so um, we were going out of obligation. Checking the box. And I, I feel like even at United when we were there, I had gotten to a point where that's what I was doing too. I was going because somebody was checking in. and You were supposed to. I was supposed to. Um, and I had gotten to the point of I had friends but didn't i didn't talk to anybody yeah. i'd like almost isolated myself not because other people were isolating me but i was isolating yeah. myself which is a really 
not good place to be. No, but it happens a lot. It does. It does. And so I felt like here I am um, in a marriage. I'm alone. I don't like I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. Just going through the motions in everything in life, whether it was um, at at school, at church, at work, at home with my kids. By this point, we have three kids. (laughs) You know, Levi was a surprise. He's a happy surprise. Um, But I had complications with Isaac. And so um, Levi, bless him. Um, I was terrified when I got pregnant with him, absolutely terrified that I was going to have the same complications as I did with Isaac. And so I was in denial for about four months with him that I wasn't pregnant. This isn't happening. Um, but he came along and he he's, showed up anyway. He showed up anyway. And so there's Levi and, you know, we had we had Zoe. And so like I said, we had all three kids at that point. And um part of me kind of used them as a a shield, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're in social situations, if you have kids, guess what your focus is on? I get to focus on the kids. I don't have to like It's the oldest trick in the book. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, um, I got to a really dark place with everything. And like I said, we were we were going to church, but we didn't really have any connections with people. And I just felt kind of like, eh, I don't want to get to know these people. It's just not where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened. And then that kind of pushed an even bigger wedge in um in our relationship and in our marriage and it was really tough um coming out of covid was was tough too so there was a point that we were separated i lived in an apartment and he lived at the house that we live at now in rock church um and i had pretty much hit hit rock bottom and felt like my problems are my problems nobody else has these problems nobody else is struggling the way that we're struggling and um i definitely pushed him away um definitely made some poor decisions and um and so it took hitting rock bottom i had started i I was going to cross point at the time um and then he was still at the other church that we were at we were at first baptist and so he was there and i was and the kids would go with me one week and the kids would go with him one week and that just um it all like spiraled less than ideal yeah less than ideal and um and so obviously we've come through that (laughs) now um but definitely made like, some. We're trying to live in a trailer together. <laughs> I know. Now we want to live in a smaller space together than what we were already in. Um, <laughs> so, but, and 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 that's a story that I share with people who need it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, not I've learned that not everybody has to know all the nitty gritty yeah. of everything. Um, but I do believe that. That situ- all the that whole situation made us stronger. So you know, um, before we started talking, mm-hmm. before, before we hit record, yeah. I guess, you know, one of the things that I always tell everybody is share what you want to share. Um, and, and I think you know sometimes there are people out there who are uh, 
story voyeurs. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they oh, I have definitely, definitely shared details of things that with people that I should have never shared details but, you know, with. Because I think sometimes we're afraid of that. Sometimes we run to this opposite extreme where we don't do anything and we withdraw. We don't. And one of the whole points of this podcast was kind of to help the church. Like, People who don't know you don't even know that there is a story. Right, exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Who don't know me think, oh, you're you're a Church of Christ preacher. You got a wife and two kids, and mm-hmm. everything is perfect in your house. Guess what? Leslie lives with a moron. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, I mean, and over, <laughs> and I think too, like marriage is hard. Marriage is very hard, and you have to communication is hard (laughs) um communication is hard marriage is hard and then you add three kids in and finances and like all the things there's you know and trauma from when I was a kid of not having a father figure and the way that he left my mom and the insecurities that come from that and um that that the lingering doubts and the self-doubt of you know like I said I'm the only one going through this I'm the only one feeling this way. I'm the only one. And I feel like now I feel like that's the devil. Like, you know what I mean? Like getting in your your thoughts and making you feel like you're alone. Because really in this world, you, you have to have people. There's you have so to have people. Syndrome too. They go, it's not where we feel like, you know, we can't possibly be adults. We can't possibly be, you know. Yes. I'm not good enough. I'm not I, good enough. How am I a preacher? How am I a Mm-hmm. Let me come home from the hospital with a kid. <laughs> Three <laughs> I, times, I, actually. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even pass a test first. But when I become um, a dictator, that will change. There will be. And I, th- I think you said it on Sunday. Uh, yes, I was definitely watching um, it live on the beach <laughs> 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 on Sunday as I was scrolling through, through Facebook. Oh, hey, there's there's Matthew. Let's listen to what he has to say. Um, I think that you said it perfectly on Sunday that I'm not enough. I'm never going to be enough. But God is, and that's what is important. And I hope that one day, and hopefully my kids will will learn the same thing. Um, But yeah, through all the marriage struggles, it's after we, because we we technically are divorced. So after we went through, um, that's the reason, like the other day, you asked me, well, when's your anniversary? And I was like, uh, um, because at the time we couldn't work it out. Like that was... That was that was a choice that was made on both of our parts, and we we didn't see a way out right. from choices that had been made. And so after filing and going through all of that process, we started going to a therapist, cool. a counselor. There was um, a friend of mine is a pastor, and he we were like, we need a Christian therapist. Yeah. And not that all therapists aren't great, but that was where we wanted yeah. to um, put our focus in. And so we spent months in counseling and I know some people think oh goodness counseling that's I wouldn't talk about that um but but really though it helped us um work through our communication issues and our trauma that had been that had caused us to get to that point does that make sense and so things that we couldn't talk about to each other that third person helped us work through all the things that we had put each other through over the last like 10 years. Yeah. And so, um, so what was that process like? How, how painful was that? Um, 
lots of tears on my part because I'm the emotional one in the family. And that's like I told you earlier, that's where the kids get their emotions. It's me. It's me. It's totally me. Um, You know, it's it's really hard, even in that type of setting to like, like I said, I had pushed him away. I had pushed people away like nobody knew. Like like you said, we looked like the picture perfect family on Facebook. We shocked the we shocked everybody that we knew, like all the friends that we had, my parents, the, his parents, like nobody knew anything was going on. And I think that that's where the problem started is that I did not realize, oh, this is normal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like this is normal. This is what married couples go through. This is yeah. very, you know what I mean? Like no marriage is perfect. There are days we annoy each other. There's a day. There's a day. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the process of that, we went like, um, every week for several months. Um, and e- even in that setting, it's hard to be vulnerable. Just like this. I feel like this is being vulnerable and it's it very, yeah. I told you earlier, I, f- I felt nervous and anxious and I've tried to back out several times and thought about backing out several times. And then I'm like, you know what? No, people need to know that our life is not perfect. Yeah. And the struggles that we've had. And if I can, because of our story, if I can help somebody else, like that's that's the whole purpose of um, I feel like this. And um, but, yeah, it is hard, especially talking to a stranger. It's hard, but easier, I guess, because in that setting, that stranger is not there to judge you. It's not like going to a friend who. Already has opinions about it. Has opinions about everything that's going on. They know everything. So that person was more of, okay, you stop, let her talk, then you can talk in like more of a like almost a mediator type situation. And, you know, we would have homework. Um, and it's funny because we did most of our talking on the way to the session yeah. and the way home from the session. Then I think we actually did in the session. <laughs> it was like we were work- we we would get there and we'd be like, oh, this is what we worked out in the car. <laughs> Honestly, I we're here for an hour. <laughs> um, more good happens on those trips. That's why I tell everybody to see a counselor in Nashville. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. One hundred and ten percent. Like I said, we're. And it's not perfect. And it's, you know. Doesn't have to be. And so, but, but yeah, that when everything kind of hit the fan and everything was put out there, then people were like, oh. And then like, even though like my coworkers, like, oh yeah, I have, you know, I get that. I understand that. This is what we do. This is what has happened with us. And, and so it became more of a, okay. And I'm like, if I would have, I feel like in hindsight, (laughs) If I would have opened up to people and been open to others and not been putting on this, like, mask about what was going on, things may have been different. And the outcome may have been um, different. It might have been easier. Yeah, exactly. And it might not have been so low. Right. Exactly. You know, one of the hardest things, I think, for a church, but also not just churches, families, communities, like everybody, is just figuring out how to be real. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just be there's even that be real app. Have you seen that? It's a thing on mm-hmm. like TikTok or Snapchat or something. I don't know. Whatever it does, I don't have this app. I was going to say, Snapchat is. It's the devil. N- yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, it, <laughs> and TikTok takes way much, too much time of everybody's time. Yeah, just TikTok FYI. TikTok is also the devil. But so is Facebook and so is Twitter and so is. You need like social media. Everything is I the gotcha. devil. Is today's <laughs> podcast. Um, but the um, it, this be real app, I guess a timer goes off. 
like randomly mm-hmm. through the day and you have two minutes to basically take a picture from your front facing camera and the other camera simultaneously and it's supposed to show what's real like so that way not all your pictures are just pictures of you on the beach (laughs) right exactly so like exactly like the beach was great but then you don't see the struggles that we had with our 13 year old the entire time we were at the beach (laughs) you don't see the picture of me throttling him in a gas station in alabama (laughs) so yes absolutely i thought thought the concept was kind of neat except that the irony of the be real app is everyone still curates the be real to not not being real real. you know Um, if only we could get people to be real and I have to say that part of it, it, I feel like was finding myself again, but also and Joey not giving up on us. I think he was the one that he was bound and determined that we were still going to fix things and we were still going to. Um, and so Joey's stubbornness for the win. Yes. Joey's stubbornness for the win. Exactly. <laughs> it can be a good thing sometimes. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call the episode. It's not that bad that he's stubborn. You know? um, but yeah. So that's just a little piece of yeah. our our story. And you know what's cool about these stories is we could sit here for five more hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our, you know, uh, pieces. I mean, we haven't really unpacked India. You know, you you talked about it, but. Good grief. And again, the whole point of these podcasts is if we open up a little part of our story, not every person gets every part of my story. Oh, no. And I think think that's healthy, too. Yeah. Like, I think that we go through the things that we go through in order to help the people that we need to help. But if we don't ever open our story, we end up in this place where we're isolated, walled off, Mm -hmm. and then we are so vulnerable. Um, and so and leading to that, so when we were going through all the things and um, Joey's been friends with Marshall for a really long time. Yeah. And so um, they're the, actually the ones that the reason. Oh, hello. <laughs> Just okay. hit the mic. Um, that's the reason we ended up at Burns is uh, okay. because they kept inviting us yeah. and i'll be real honest with you when yeah. i first started here i was like i don't want to go here yeah. i like cross point i like yeah. the vibe that they have i don't have to be involved i don't have to have relationships like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like this is where i feel i fit well joey didn't feel like he felt fit there because loud music at nine o'clock in the morning is like not his jam yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we were like in this like power struggle of oh, oh i want to go here and you want to go there i'm like fine i'll try it whatever Uh, (laughs) and so i just say the first couple of sundays that we came i was like no mm -mm, my stubbornness no mm -mm, this is not where i want to be um but it's kind of ironic i know that josh and i have talked about this is like it's kind of come full circle because we were friends when we were in high school and now like we're all going and and Brittany, like i know Brittany when i was little so like some of those connections that i had from high school and yeah as a child, like, helped us um, form those relationships here, if that makes sense. And, like, (laughs) Amanda made this joke the other day. She told Josh, she said, how does it feel that I'm stealing all of your friends? (laughs) (laughs) Because I love her. I love their family. And but that and that's what we've we've come to love about being here is the relationships that we have that they're not forced. They're not because we're perfect. It's not because we're putting on a face. It's like true, genuine relationships, like the small group that we're in. And, and so 
And you too, because you put it on very clear that, you know, this is who I am. Yeah, you get what you get. get. And I think that's I think that's important. I think it's so very important to not just put on a show. And I feel like I did that for so long um, in life. And I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. And I don't think people realize how connected putting on a show is to autopilot and how Mm -hmm. autopilot is isolation. Mm -hmm. Isolation is addiction. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say depression, that. anxiety, like all yeah. the things that come with it. The opposite of um, addiction is not sobriety; it's community. Somebody mm-hmm. said that. That makes so much sense. It does. It does. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. It has been. You haven't even puked once. I know. I didn't get. <laughs> I tried to see if I had anything real gross in here. I might have some like leftover food in a drawer. I might push over the edge that way. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, is there anything else you want to share today? I don't think so. I think that's. I think that sums sums it up in a nutshell. I guess you could say. Yes. Yes, he Maybe needs we'll to tell round two. Back to back thing, you know. The, you the should. This week episode sort of thing. You should. He may have a totally different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> he might, but it'll be fun. You know? <laughs> well, thank you so much, and friends, thank you for listening today. You know where to find us, and I hope that we will see you again next time. And until then, I can't wait to see what God's up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes His love into our stories.